Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like, so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test. And then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me. Cause I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with $0 in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that Today's guest is Laura Martin. I love chatting with her. Laura is the founder of Healing to Happy. She's known for her unique approach to gut health and mental wellness, but that is not where her story began. After battling her way through IBS, hypothyroidism, anxiety, hormone imbalances, and skin issues, Laura found herself in an unhealthy relationship with food. She knew there had to be a better solution. She dove into nutrition in order to make peace with her enemy in 2016, but that did not resolve the IBS issues, so followed up her studies by specializing in gut health. It was a journey of evolution and growth, but since the creation of Healing to Happy in 2017, Laura has gone to help hundreds of women around the globe heal IBS using methods that focus on gut-brain connection 
and metabolic restoration. We go into so many incredible things in this interview from losing her mom at 22 and what helped her through the process and feeling the grief and what she learned, the biggest lessons she learned from her mother. We go into what was her wake-up call for her health journey and what made her decide to really take control and try something different. We also go into why her family triggers us so much and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Laura, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Be free to include any shit show moments we might resonate with. Let's start there. <laughs> oh my goodness, my 20s. The beginning of my 20s was a hot mess because I unexpectedly lost my mom at 22. And so from there, I didn't have really any idea how to deal with something like that. You know, like I had previous trauma, but that was the biggest one that I had to go through. So from there, for two years after that, I ended up moving to Asia and just escaping everything. So I got really obsessed with fitness. I got really obsessed with food. I got it really obsessed with drinking and drugs and partying and this whole thing of my life of just like anything that numbed me enough. So I didn't have to, you know, be dealing with that. And so that led to a whole bunch of health issues, eventually a whole bunch of my life. And at 24, it was one of those moments where I remember sitting on my balcony. It was like the lowest point of my life. And I was like, I don't know if like I I can't keep doing this. And I have two choices. I can either keep going and numbing and distracting and God only knows where that will end up. Or I can choose to live because of, I can choose to take responsibility for my life and put one foot in front of the other and live my life as if, you know, I'm telling a story in hindsight, like what, how would I want my story to be told someday? And so I started step-by-step moving in the right direction. For me, that was nutrition. That's why I fell in love with it. And then everything else kind of came from those moments. Wow. And I want to go back to losing your mom at 22 unexpectedly. Like, is there anything that helped you through that? Or like, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you process that? I didn't, to be honest, I avoided it. And I am just now sitting with that. And so we're coming up on seven years of that. And I'm now at a space where like yesterday, for instance, yesterday was her birthday. And it was one of those things with the older I get, the younger 59, like she would, it would have been her 59th birthday, right? 50. So she had passed it um, 52. So I'm like, the older I get, the younger that sounds like everyone I know that's in their fifties. I'm like, you're so young. Like, oh my God. And so one of those things, like I'm still coping with that. I, I know it's going to hit me the most when I have children. I know that. And like, as I'm gearing towards that with my partner, it's one of those things where I'm like, let me build my foundation. Cause I know I don't want to bring children into this world and feeling like I'm disconnected and I'm still dealing with trauma and I'm still running that rat race. So it's one of those things about two, three years ago, I realized I was using food and fitness and all this kind of stuff as a distraction. And even when I got into health, that was a distraction, right? Cause if I was obsessing about my diet, I didn't have to think about her. And then when I started my business, if I was obsessing about work and hustling, I didn't have to think about the things that had happened in my life from her death and other people that are things that I aligned myself with after that. And so I ended up going through seeking validation in unhealthy ways. I got into a very abusive relationship with someone. Cause again, that kept me distracted and I didn't have to think of the other things. And so it really took a full approach to I'm putting a stop to the way I'm responding to this. Like I'm not at fault for the things, but I am responding in a way that is not like high vibration or bold energy or anything like that. It's just self-sabotage. And like, that's not what she would want. 
you know, I, I can't ask her, but I could imagine that's not what we want for our children. And moving forward from there, it's kind of just been like, instead of having like survivor's guilt, it's survivor's responsibility. Mm. And how do you like balance from wanting to feel all the pain that comes with grief to wanting to, you know, kind of distract yourself and kind of like move away from it? Like, how do you balance those two sides of it? Yeah, I'm now able to catch my thoughts, right? So because I can identify that when I'm thinking a thought, I can literally, you know, when you're like listening in your head and you think a thought and you could hear that thought and then you're having a thought about that thought, like that means you can catch your thought then, right? Because you're identifying a different thought that's not your own. And so for a long time, I would distract it. I would drink, I would use drugs, I would overexercise, I'd escape it. But for example, like yesterday, I thought I was going to wake up and be in like celebration because the day before I was like, oh my God, like I'm living my life because of her. And like this whole thing, I was such a high vibe. And then I woke up in the morning and I was like, I don't want to move. Like, I, I, like I'm going to do my things, right? Like I'm going to whatever collapse time and thank goodness for my partner who came, he like flew home and it was just such a little cutie, right? Like I was just like, oh, um, but he came home and he just like, emergency meatballed me and like made me into like a little burrito and then we woke up and we made bacon because it was that's like my memory I have with my mom is we used to make bacon every time our feelings were hurt (laughs) don't know why and then I got back to work like it was one of those things where I allowed myself to feel it like of course I miss her because I'm finally identifying with missing her of course, like I wake up in the morning and what do you do on a birthday? You want to call the person on their birthday. Like it, it's one of those things where I was like, okay. And so instead of shaming myself and trying to escape the feeling and making bad feel bad, I've realized in my life that the only way I can celebrate so wildly, like it weirds my boyfriend out. He's like, you literally celebrate more than anyone I know. Like what is wrong? <laughs> like, And he's like all this kind of stuff. But I'm like, because I also feel the depths. So like, I can't feel the elation, the excitement in my life if I'm not willing to feel my swamps of sadness. And for a long time, I avoided both of those things, right? Like I didn't know what true happiness was and I wouldn't allow myself to feel sadness and sour because I was so afraid of it. And now I'm like, I know when I'm feeling so much sadness that I'm going to then have the opposite side of it because I'm allowing myself to feel the full spectrum of my emotions without deeming anything as like my personality or my identity. I'm like, it's just an emotion. And I woke up today happy as Larry, like had this whole breakfast. I did some yoga. Me and my partner were like dancing around our apartment. Like it was like one of these things where I was like, see, and that's life. Like, but you gotta, like as humans, you gotta stop fearing the bad emotions. Cause when we fear the bad emotions, we're usually doing things that aren't healthy for us, you know? And what do you think was the biggest lesson from her? Intentionally or unintentionally? Either one. (laughs) The intentional One I learned from her is to always dance. Like there is so much joy wherever you're. She was the biggest kid at our, she worked in pediatrics, you know, she was an ER nurse. So she had this like lively childlike play to her that like she would push her buttons beyond belief, but it was like this little playful like thing. Like she would giggle more than anyone I knew. And like, that's something I always remember of her, of her like dancing. She would like stand up on a piano and she'd start dancing and like want to be the center of attention. And I was like, Mm. Like, I, I wish I could have seen that now as an adult, right? Like in the space that I am now where it's like, I've healed those kind of wounds with, cause you know, we start to get to that age as we get to be adults where our parents become friends. And I wish I could have had that with her to really, you know, dive a bit deeper in that. And then unintentionally to live a life that is wide. So instead of focusing on longevity, it's how can I make this moment so much bigger? 
how, how can I be uncomfortable and expand my mind and experience different cultures and go beyond things and live as if because freak accidents can happen and then it's gone and you didn't do the things you said you were going to do because, you know, I'll do it when I'm retired or I'll do it when I have this or I'll do it when I lose the weight or I'll do it when I'm healthy. It's like, uh-uh, you do it now. You don't do it if you do it if you want it now. Maybe, maybe not like right now, but like it, it, it do the things that are going to be the little snapshot in your brain, like right when you're an old lady laying on your like deathbed, like, what do you want your snapshot to be? What do you want your memories to be? Live in those moments. And so she, she taught me to live that way. (laughs) I'm curious, even though she's gone, do you ever feel like you're still talking to her? Like, do you ever feel like she's still there? Yeah, that was a tough one for me. I did. I felt my grandparents, my two grandmothers also passed one of them recently who I'm really close with. My mom has just been recently coming through and it's it's wild because I'll like be like show me a blue butterfly and then like a blue butterfly will like come through like specifically a blue butterfly and I'm like okay (laughs) and I love to like dive into your like business journey your how this all came like healing to happy how this all came for you like were you doing different jobs before or did this just kind of was this your first business or like how did this all evolve Yeah. So at the time I was living in Asia and I was teaching English. I was teaching kindergarten and I'm not a kindergarten teacher. Like that's, I'm just a giant child that likes to sing and dance. Like that's the vibe here. But I had a really disordered relationship with food and I wanted to heal that. And I wanted to do something impactful. Like since I was like three years old, I remember my dad would always be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, I want to change the world. And like, at first I thought that was nursing because my mom was a nurse. And then one day it was bring your child to work day when those things still existed. And I saw blood and I was like, heck no, like I am not in for this. Like I didn't know I had to deal with blood. And so I was done. And then all of a sudden by accident, as I started to heal myself while I was living in Asia, people noticed, like I was a hot mess, but I had a lot of friends (laughs) and they were like, how are you doing this? Like, what is going on here? And I had enrolled in nutrition school and I was doing that online. And I just started sharing my journey of like what's happening. And then people were like, can I pay you? And I was like, I mean, obviously like, yes, I will take your money. Um, And I started to put together programs. And then I realized as I was getting healthy, my gut was still a wreck. I, you know, the trauma and the stuff like that. And so I went on to get my specialty and gut health. And even then everything I saw just was still about elimination diets and this whole thing. And I had had an eating disorder I recovered from for like almost a decade and a half. And so every elimination diet was just another excuse of my eating disorder to play up. And finally I had had enough. And I was like, there's gotta be something else. Like there has, has to be something like besides this whole removing thing, like I should be able to tolerate food if this was actually working, this isn't working for me. And so I understood after I went to my naturopath, the whole gut brain connection and my background is actually psychology. And so all of this was by accident, right? Like I I didn't go to school, study psychology, being like, I'm going to specialize in the gut brain connection to help people normalize their relationship with food and mental, like balance their mental health. Like that was not the jam but from my own experiences and understanding the science and really kind of wanting to heal my own trauma, my relationship to food, the way I used food as an escape and understanding, you know, how the different organs worked. I was able to then help so many other women do the same thing, like get off these elimination diets under like people that have been taking depression medication for decades or anti-anxiety anxiety medications up until their their 50s to be able to come off of those and it's like just these simple things of understanding how our body works magic happens and so I was like okay so like it can't just be happening for me like let's kind of sprinkle this dust on other people and like it started to work and so then courses came about and then master classes and then speaking on panels and like doing things like that it was just like it's this little 
bloom of a baby that like needed to be born. And I'm just like the conduit that's carrying it through my own journey, you know? (laughs) Mm, I love that. And like, was there a certain point for you in the disordered eating that you realized that something had to change because you were in that period for about 10 years? Was it about 10 years of going through that? Yeah. So I had had an eating disorder since I was 13 years old. Like it was bananas, but for a long time, that was just my, that was my normal because everyone around me was doing those things. Like the girls in my schools, like it's just like, I never batted an eyelash at it, which is so weird that that wasn't a thing. And then by the time I was 24 and trying to get my life together, I knew there was a problem because I had lost my period for five years. At that point it was two years. And it went, I had my period went missing for five years and I've just now had like my third normal cycle. Like it has taken me ages to get it back to normal. I couldn't go to the bathroom. Like I maybe poop once a week. I had, God, I don't even know how many food sensitivities. Like I was, I had cut out 13 different food groups. So I was like not eating anything. My hair was falling out. I had this, uh, my anxiety, my depression, but it wasn't until my skin started to break out in this rash and they couldn't identify what the rash was. I hadn't touched anything, but it was so painful. It was so itchy. It was like, of course, the vanity in us. That's when we start to take control. Not when like our other organs are showing us like, Hey, you should probably listen up. Like your body's doing funky things. It's because it was on my face. Like I was fine when it started on my back and went down my entire backside. I was like, no one can see it. It's fine. And then it broke out of my face and I was like, okay, now we have to listen. And so I started to do more of the food stuff. And that's when it kind of clicked. I was like, this isn't a normal behavior. Like the solution to this stuff for the last three years has been me cutting out food. If that stuff worked, if, if that stuff had worked, I should be feeling better and my skin shouldn't be doing these things. And so then started people around me being like, well, you should probably stop working out as much. You should probably eat more. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like I'm quote unquote healthy. Like this is the healthy thing you know, eating the right foods, exercising, it's what we're told. And then eventually I was like, yeah, like my body is just not, not doing so well. And so that was, I mean, psychologically, that was a hard one because I had to gain back weight because my first, like the first time I was doing an eating disorder, that was intentional. That was about losing weight, whatever. Then the second half was like orthorexic food avoidant fear. It had nothing to do with my weight. Really. It was just, I was terrified of food because of what it was doing to my body. So it was this whole other spectrum of an eating disorder that isn't talked about as much. It had at that point, it wasn't my weight. It was just food hurt my body. And what are like some signs that we could be aware of, of maybe like it's time to change, like foods we're eating, or maybe we're, we need to change something in terms of our health. Yeah. I mean, every, like people know, right? Like we know when what we're doing isn't working, we just don't want to shift our pattern because we're afraid of letting go of those reins. Right. So how's your mood? How's your sleep? How's your skin? Nairs, hair, nails, hormones, libido. Yeah. You know, like digestion. If you're not eliminating every single day, that's a big indicator. It's, our body is always speaking to us. We just want to mask it. We'll mask the fact that we don't take a morning poop on our own with coffee. We'll mask the fact that we have a headache with aspirin. We'll mask the fact that we have brain brain fog with more coffee. We'll mask the fact that we have PMS because women quote unquote have PMS. No, we don't. I literally am on my period right now. Yes, I'm tired, but I don't have any, like my brain isn't falling out of my butthole right now. Like it's, it's a normal thing to feel sluggish and a little bit more like bloated a little, but like it shouldn't hurt as much as we make it normalized. Like your body, one full job is to keep you alive and sound and well. And when there's disturbance that you're like, Hmm, that's not right. And I'm going to pop this pill, or I'm going to take this elimination diet, or I'm going to do this. 
stop. Like, why are we masking it? Figure out why it's happening. The more you mask it, the more you're going to end up like me with autoimmune issues, thyroid issues, adrenal issues, liver issues. Like you're going to keep doing that because we're masking it with these things that are quote unquote healthy, but we got to slow down and listen to these cues. And besides from changing your diet and like adding back more foods, is there any supplements you've been taking? Is there any other things you've been doing? Have you been taking your workouts, maybe working out less? Is there any other lifestyle changes you've been doing? Yeah. The biggest one has been working out less, which has been really hard for me because I'm an athlete. So that's been like (laughs) claws on a wall. Didn't want to do it. That was the last one for me. And now I'm like, I just walked this morning. I did yoga. I do spin class. I do sculpt. I do Pilates. I do boxing. I do hit workout. Like there's a whole spectrum depending on where I am in my cycle and how much energy I have and like stressors from work I have. I pay attention to that. I do do some supplements. Again, always run everything by your doctor. Things I work on with my clients is what's wrong. What's organ, what organ needs support. So for me, my liver needs a little extra support. So I've just, instead of going out and getting these supplements for liver detox and things. I just eat beef liver, like eat the organ that you need to support. So I go through that kind of thing and then really understanding what is missing, right? So where, what part of your body needs nourishment and do from there. Don't go just because Sally said she needs this. Do your research, go through what you need and then find something that is reputable, good quality sources, has good reviews, good, like doctor has gone through it, looked over. And that's what we want to do. Cause otherwise you're just going to be making expensive tea and wasting your money. You know, like we want to make sure we're getting valuable things into our body. And again, making sure our nutrition is key because if your body's stressed out and your nutrition isn't the most ideal supplements, aren't going to save you. You got to look at the full spectrum. You got to go for mind, body, soul, you know, looking at the full thing. So your body can actually take in what it needs to take in. And were you ever like overwhelmed at the beginning when you're like, I have to fix this, I have to fix this, this is off, this is off. Like, is there anything you kind of changed your mind in the beginning to like, look at it as like, I don't have to fix everything at once, but this could be something that I work on over time or how do you feel at first? Yeah, I think it's, we got to stop demonizing the fact of people getting stressed out. Of course you are. Like that's a normal reaction where you're going to get a list of things that are wrong with you. And you're going to be like, ah, and you're going to freak out and you're going to do the things. And then you're going to get burned out. And that's when you sit down and you go, oops, like do it right. Yeah. I was, I was orthorexic. Right. So I avoided any food. I had the strictest routines. I had X amount of steps I had to do. I had to be eating at these times. I had, I was a nightmare to be around, right? Like I was that girl where it's like, I had to weigh my food. I had to have it this portion. I carried smoothie jars with me because I was doing these different kinds of fasts and meal timing things. Like I'd be at an Indian food restaurant with, for my friend's birthday, sipping a smoothie. Like what the heck? Like I, I was that person because I was so scared. I was scared what my body was trying to show me. And so I went the full spectrum all in was like, I'm going to fix this. But I didn't realize that because I was all in, I was making it way worse. (laughs) Like it was one of those things where it's like, it was good intention, but I wasn't actually listening because I never learned how to listen to my body. You know, I've since the day I was old enough to actually understand what nutrition was and how we build our own sandwiches and whatever, like 13 years old is when we like, you know, branch out. I mean, probably younger than that, but like, still it's like how we're learning how to nourish ourselves and moves and all this kind of stuff from a very young age. I was like, I don't belong in this body. 
So I never knew what the signals meant or what the food was supposed to be like or how I was supposed to be living. And so it had to take some rewiring and some trial and error. So anyone that's in that space, it's like, it's okay. Like you're going to catch up to yourself eventually, but like the way you maintain anything and sustain it is the way that you got there. So if the way that you got there to feeling good is doing crazy fasts and elimination diets and taking handfuls of supplements and doing these crazy workouts, that's the only way you're going to maintain it. Right. But if you get there, you pause and you're like, oh, okay. So how do I actually want to do business too? Right. Like I did the whole hustle thing with my business. I was like all in. And then I was like, I have zero like quality time for with my friendships. I don't see my family. I, I can't even date because I don't have time. Like it's, it's the same thing different kind of ball game, but it's like, how do you want to maintain it? And so you got to pull back a little bit and be like, okay, so how can I sustain this for longevity? How can I do this to, you know, make it to the end of time and be able to continue this health where it's like, no matter if I'm on vacation, it's a birthday or the holidays, I'm still healthy because health is the context of my life, not the next 21 days, but the entirety of my lifetime. So this is how I'm going to build it out. And so Yes, I was obsessed. And now it's one of those things where I'm like, sometimes I eat chicken wings, sometimes I eat salads. Like it's, we'll see what kind of day it is. <laughs> <laughs> and like, did you ever have a point where you were kind of questioning if you could like heal it all or if you're ever, ever going to be happy or if you're going to be stuck in that place of always like having to plan everything and having to be in that very like structured place? Or did you always know this was possible for you? No. I had no idea this was a thing. I thought happy people were faking it. I didn't like, you know, when like people are, you, you don't know actual happiness and people are around you and you're like, ugh, like you, they, they annoy you. And you're like, oh, you're too happy. Now I am one of those people. And I genuinely mean it from the bottom of my toes. I'm like, no, that's, that's a real thing. We just kind of have to get there. I didn't know that I could actually heal IBS because a lot of the times people were like, it's something you have for life. Same thing with my anxiety and depression. It was like, this is something you're going to have for life. Here's your medication. Goodbye. Get out of my office. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to let, like, I don't think that sounds right. Like, I don't want to do that. But that's what the industry told me. Like, that's even what I studied in school, right? Like they're like, this is just the way you manage it. And I was like, huh? Like, I I don't want to manage it. I want to put it into remission. I want to like get over it. Same thing when I had hypothyroidism. They're like, you're stuck with that for life. It runs in your family. I'm like, it doesn't even make sense. Like science, like epigenetics, that can change that. Like that doesn't even make sense, you guys. And they're like, no, 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 here's your medication. Get out of our faces. And I was like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, we have to be the driver in our life. For a long time, I played the victim and I was like, well, They told me my brain was broken. They told me my health was broken at 13. So I'm going to live in alignment with that. I'm going to make shitty choices. I'm going to, I'm going to move around. I'm going to not, I'm just not going to align with things. I'm going to keep not belonging in my body. And then I'm going to pick bad friendships. I'm going to pick bad relationships. I'm going to do bad things to my body because of that. And then like at that 24 mark was when I was like, wait a second, there's happy people on this planet. And there's people that have healed themselves from cancer. There are people that have healed themselves from like different type of illnesses. So like my poop cycle should be able to be fixed in this. Like that doesn't even make sense. And so I started to dive deeper into that. And now it's kind of 
I'm trying to give people hope. I know it is triggering when you hear people like this because I was triggered by everyone that was like, you're happy and you're healthy. That's impossible. I've been trying, trying for decades. Like I was so triggered. And so it is one of those things where it's like, which is why I do like the free masterclasses and I do like the free courses. Cause it's like, I do want to give you actual things because at the time I didn't think things were possible. So I wasn't willing to invest right away. So all I did was consume like podcasts and YouTube things and, you know, audiobooks. And I was like, this is, this is where I'm at right now. Cause this is all I can take in. And then from there we can start to move forward and actually see like, hmm, maybe she's not full of baloney. Like, let's see how this goes. And magic happens. What is IBS? And if you were to look at, do you think like all these types of symptoms, all these could be fixed? Or do you think some of them are not manageable? Or what do you think about that? I mean, there's no blanket statement for everything, right? Like every person is different. There's how long has this been going on? is how long it's going to take to recover and some change. You know, everyone is different based on it. IBS is irritable bowel syndrome. So irritable, something is upset, bowel in your colon syndrome, it's chronic. Really what IBS is, is we don't know what's wrong with you. We've ran all the tests. There's no infections. There's no overgrowths. There's no, you know, tears or cuts. And we don't know. There's like some like irritation, you know, we did the colonoscopy and the endoscopy, there's some irritation, but really we have no idea. And so IBS, which is why it's like the running joke is just like IBS is just like BS because they don't, it's, we don't know what's wrong with you. And so, yes, when it comes to the work that I do after we've done process of elimination, because when it comes to matter of the gut, we do want to make sure there isn't some underlying infection that we just have missed like SIBO, like C. diff, like candida, like parasites. We need to make sure that's not the case. And then once we have the rest, it's a nervous system issue for some, like the studies show that everyone has reactions to food, like the high FODMAP foods and things like that. We all have an immunoglobin G response, right? So it happens in our gastrointestinal tract, but those with IBS have a more heightened nervous system. So the communication between the gut and the brain, we feel things more which is why it's usually people that have anxiety and depression or are empaths or, you know, have, have those feels that actually have IBS. So we actually feel it more. So we, although people that consume the same foods, their bodies will react and they'll get the air bubbles, they'll get the gas, they'll get the things. They don't feel it in the painful way that people with IBS feel it because their nervous systems are more intact. Their vagal tone is more steady and increased, whereas people with IBS is just lowered. And so when we can get that under control, the body heals itself. We just have to get it out of crisis mode and understand when it's in crisis mode, other organs will shut down. So our adrenals will start to get tapped, our liver, our pancreas, our stomach acid, our enzyme, the gut permeability, like these things will start to be affected instead of just chasing, oh, I better eliminate these foods, which will actually make it worse, which will actually cause more stress not what we want to do. We want to be looking at what organ isn't functioning optimally, what minerals need to be replaced, what foods need to be added into the nutrition routine, what lifestyle choices need to be added into it, what mindset things need to be added into it so that we can calm everything down. And then you can get back to living a normal life. And I want to ask you a couple more questions. What is something that you're learning right now? Who I am learning I'm getting trauma certified for individuals. So with the work that I do, I'm learning more about how trauma is held in the body, how, especially in like my line of work of being in a room of women that have, are dealing with depression and anxiety and dealing with disordered eating and dealing with that kind of stuff. How do you hold that space for people, you know, in a safe way? You know, I know how to do it based off of my own personal experience, but I want to be able to better facilitate a room. So I'm getting certified in that. And then I'm learning how trauma 
relates in our body and our brain and then is passed down from generation to generation based off of, you know, our environments and then how that leads to health issues down the line. Mm. And what's some ways of like knowing that we are carrying trauma in our body? We all have big T and or we all have little T trauma, right? Like it could have been someone yelled at you when you were younger and some you felt and you're like, ah, my feelings. And so like something happens or we have big T trauma, like assault, abuse, death, loss, the things we think of when we normally think of trauma, but we all have some type of thing, right? Like being born is a traumatic experience. We're like tight in the womb. And then all of a sudden we're shot with these cold hands being spanked in the bottom. And it's like, ah, what's happening? And our body keeps that in our nervous system. And so you can tell by what triggers you. Like, when do you get snappy for no reason, but you say that's a characteristic trait of yourself where you're like, that's just like what I do. It's like, but it's not positive. So where did that actually come from? What happened when you were a child? What set that off? Your relationship patterns are a big one. Like the way you relate to your family. I was actually talking with my friend yesterday about it. It was just like, our family are our biggest triggers. Like you think you're over it. And then you sit at the dining table with your family and you're like, ah, like it's just like everyone's triggers coming out, even though that's not who you are anymore. But you're like, oh my God, I've known you for 30 years. And this is still a thing. Those kind of things where you hold tension, what your eating habits are, what your anxiety levels are at your depression, like all these things build up and you sit there and you're like, well, okay. So if I don't like this thing about myself, not in a way that's like sabotaging your uh, big dummy dummy kind of way but like I just genuinely don't like this characteristic about myself like for me I didn't like that I was a partying fool that was only sleeping four hours a day and always over exercising and under eating like what the heck it was one of those characters and like instead of being mean to myself about it I'm like where does that come from I'm like oh and starting to dive deeper in that like what are those characteristics where you're like this probably isn't the healthiest thing for me why do I do that And then start to build, like, just be curious because these things are just information when it comes to any health issue, when it comes to any anxiety, depression, trigger our relationship patterns. Like it's not to be demonized. It's just to sit there to be information to realize how much further we have to go. Right. As opposed to being like, this is it. I'm stuck here. Holy pickles. I've been doing this for 50 years. It's like, uh, -uh, if you want to change it, it's called neuroplasticity. We can change the way we react to things. Sure. You might still have that trigger, right? Like I still will have triggers of loud noises and things like that, but I'm able to just pause and collect my thoughts instead of being so reactive and like freaking out right away. Like I used to, it's like, I sit, I can tell my body's getting heated. I can feel where my anxiety is. And I'm able to sit there and be like, "Hmm." okay, so how would my best self respond to that? Sometimes I will get like agitated and be like jumpy and whatever. And other times I'll be like, okay, so I'm just going to remove myself from the situation because it's not the most ideal. And then we can start to build our patterns from there. It's going to be uncomfortable at first because the neuroplasticity in our brain, which is just the networking of our brain fires in a certain way because that's what it's used to. It can be used to trauma. It can be used to, you know, the responses. That's why people that have a lot of trauma in their life, they're, they're used to these high level situations like that's their normal that's how I was I was used to everything going haywire when things were calm that's when I felt uncomfortable I was like I don't know how to sit with this anymore but I realized like in looking at that I'm like that's probably not normal like I should be able to feel good in a healthy relationship in a healthy home like I should these things should feel good to me but they don't and so how do I slowly shift that and for a while it is it's funky. It feels crunchy. You want to self-sabotage. You don't believe you're deserving. You don't want to do any of that kind of stuff. And then slowly the neuroplasticity in your brain, the, the network starts to fire differently. And the more calm becomes your steady state. 
and the self-sabotaging things kind of drift away. Does that make sense? Sorry, that was really <laughs> long-winded. <laughs> no, I like it. <laughs> yeah, it does make sense. And I'm, I'm curious, why do you like think our family triggers us so much? Like, what do you think it is about them that tends to... They raised us, right? <laughs> like they're the ones that have seen every shadow and we learn they're our first reflectors especially women like our moms are our first reflectors if if we've been blessed enough to have them early in our life if not it's our fathers it's it's the women it's the people that we're closest to it that's our first reflectors of how so like I'll see tendencies of like my mom's temper and my dad's like is like veiny whatever things like I see these things and how we like each other's buttons and like he knows exactly what to say to my old teenage self that would have blown off the handles and I know what to say to him that would bring him back 20 years and throw him off the handles like it's this whole thing and so now like personally like me and my dad have had to sit down and be like okay since I was away for six years coming back he kept speaking to me like I was the old Laura. I'm like, dad, it's been six years. I am nowhere near the same person. Like, thank goodness. That was the whole reason of me going was to figure my own stuff out, come back, be a whole new person, live in alignment. Stop speaking to me that way. Like stop speaking to the old Laura. And I get it. And so it takes time. So now I'm able to sit there and be like, he's just speaking to old Laura. And like, that's okay. He hasn't caught up yet. So the only thing I can do is explain something in a better way, because if he's being reactive, it has to do with me. It has to do with the way I'm explaining something. It has to do with the way that I said it. It has to do with something, right? Like I'm responsible for what's happening on my end. If he chooses to snip back at me because of whatever, even though I know my intention was good intentioned, right? Like one time, for example, he was taking a photo and it was like, he took a photo and he said, Gene Willikers or something. And I was like, oh my God, like, you're like, I was like, give us the cutest thing. Can you please do it again? And he turned around and he was like, you know what, Laura? And I was like, what the heck is happening right here? Because he thought I was making fun of him because old Laura would have been making fun of him. But really, I just thought it was the cutest thing that he said, you will occur. you just do it again. And so now it's just like catching up to those personality traits, but it's because we've been with them. Like they've reflected back to them. Children are like the biggest reflectors back to parents showing all their insecurities. And I thought I was never going to be like my mother and those kind of things. And so we really just got to understand the dynamic of how families work. And then you get there and you're like, oh, like it's, it's not the easiest thing. Like family is, that's why going home for the holidays, a lot of people want to avoid it and they end up excessively drinking and doing things like that. But if you can actually just like see your people as people and we're all dealing with our own internal struggles and whatever, it becomes one of those funny things, you know? Like I just visited my family last week and it was like sitting at the dinner table. Like I had so much anxiety and then I'm sitting there and I'm like, but these are my people. Like, like this is just their personalities. And it's one of those things where it's like, mm, I love them to bits. <laughs> yeah. And what's something you think most people don't know about you? Oh, most people don't know about me. I struggle a lot with my feminine energy. And so I've been focusing on that for a lot this year. I'm usually very like masculine and dominant and rush, rush, rush. And so for the last year, I've been focusing on just being softer and leaning back and receiving and how that all works, which has been so crunchy for me. Like it's so difficult. <laughs> You've been a certain way for so long. But it's one of the things that I also, like I was talking about earlier, like I don't like about myself. I like it in my business. I like it in things like that. But like when it comes to relationships and just like the femininity of life, like I want to be gentle in that. And a lot of people wouldn't know that because they're like, well, you dress in a certain way and things. And I'm like, but that's not what femininity means. Like I still like dominate and like, I'm very 
push go kind of stuff and I'm like I don't like that like how do I just like sit and chill and receive and like flow and like all this kind of stuff and so it's been so uncomfortable but like so good at the same time and that's been like the last year of my life trying to work on that (laughs) and you notice a lot of like female business owners they are very in the masculine energy so it's kind of yeah that's the thing is like you go out looking for a mentor and then you're like everyone is like they're just teaching you the same thing as if a man with a man was doing it and I was like but like again, same thing that I was talking about nutrition, the way that you do anything is how you sustain anything. I'm like looking at it and I'm like, but that's not how I want to run my business. Like I don't, I could, and I did at first. Right. And I was like, I made a whole bunch of money and I did all the things. And I was like, but this doesn't feel like my business. Like it feels like the mask that I'm wearing to show up to these tables, to be at these conferences, like this is how it have to be. And I was like, I just feel like I'm wearing a mask. Like this doesn't feel like how my business, like how, if I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life, I want my business to feel and so I had to like take a step back and I started working with different mentors. And now it's like one of those things where I was like, still feels crunchy because it's not what I'm used to, but it feels so much more me and it's so much more playful and so much easier to show up. And like the clients that I'm working with is more of like empowered women that like want to be here and show up. And it's not like, cause like when it comes to health, we hate buying things that we need. Like we hate paying taxes. We hate paying our mortgages. We hate doing that, but we love buying fancy shoes and nice bags and good food. Like we love that. Even if they're the same price, even if, if, even if those jeans are more than your health insurance, like it's like, what the heck? And so I wanted to create something that people want, right? Like, even though your health is something you need, how do we make it something you want? How do we make it this feminine thing where it's like, Ooh, give me my champagne while I go and I buy this and make it a luxurious thing. I don't have to cut out all these foods. Oh, this is fabulous. And like this whole arena. And so it's, it's a shift because oftentimes everyone's like, talk about pain points and do this. And I'm like, uh-uh. like talk about like the beauty that's coming, like what you get to get, the relationships you have, the people you meet, like the women you surround yourself with and are open to. Like, it's like, I like it so much more. It makes so much more sense to me. <laughs> mm. And if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you want to tell her? That even though it doesn't feel like it right now, everything is going to show up exactly on time. So stop rushing so much and just be present and enjoy this journey. I love that. I loved interviewing you today. Thank you so much for having me. This is so good. (laughs) And where can we connect with you? I am most active over on Instagram. So that is, it's Laura Patricia Martin. And from there, you'll see any masterclasses that are happening, any things that are going on on Facebook, trainings, courses, all the things are on Instagram. So come in and you'll probably get a message from me going, hi. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.